0: Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope, including our worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Associate Pastor Eli Morris. Hey, we are um, beginning a new sermon series this Lenten season on the life of Moses. And all week I've had my favorite Moseses pop into my head. So here are my five favorite moses in no particular order you know I'm, I'm a track and field guy so immediately i thought of, of my guy edwin moses now edwin moses was a 400 meter hurdler he's unbelievable two olympic goals uh, he won an uh, uh, unheard of 122 consecutive races it just doesn't happen here's another bob moses bob moses was a civil rights icon who died This past June, he was born in Harlem. When he was 29, he came to Mississippi to register black voters, Harvard PhD, who became an educator, unbelievable man. All right, how about Moses Malone? This is my guy right here. NBA legend, 6'10 center for for my favorite team in the early 1980s Philadelphia 76ers with Dr. J and all them. 12-time All-Star, NBA champion. Here's another personal favorite of mine, the Reverend Dr. Mike Moses. He's a Hope Hall of Famer. He's the founding pastor of Lake Forest Church EPC in Charlotte. Mike was the third pastor hired here at Hope, right after me. And then, of course, uh, regular Moses. (laughs) Regular Moses is considered to be the most important prophet in Judaism and one of the most important figures in both Christianity and Islam. He was also a movie star in the U.S. <laughs> in the mid-1950s. You may not know that, but he was. That's actually Charlton Heston. Uh, our biblical Moses had a very interesting life. Let's begin at the beginning, because he was born, he was born into danger. The Hebrew people had been in the brutal bondage of slavery in Egypt for a 100 years, when Pharaoh, afraid of of this rising birth rate of Hebrews, did this in in Exodus 1. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Now a man uh, of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no more, no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch and then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. You see, Pharaoh, out of fear and using his limitless power, attempts to protect that power by calling for the death of of all young Hebrew boys in his kingdom. Desperate kings through the millennia have done similar things. It it sounds like Herod, doesn't it? Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus have to flee from Herod to escape the same fate. And just like with Jesus, God has a plan. For you see, after being born into danger, Moses is rescued into royalty. Exodus two, verse five, then then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He, He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, That's an interesting provision of God, right? Not only is the baby rescued, but he is rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And and then Moses' super crafty sister, Miriam, offers a solution for the care of the baby. She proposes a woman to nurse the infant, the infant's very mother, Jochebed. And Pharaoh's daughter even paid the mother to nurse her own child. It's a pretty good gig, if you ask me. So when the child is old enough to leave his birth mother's side, he is returned to Pharaoh's daughter to begin his life in the royal palace. And did you notice he wasn't named until he was returned to Pharaoh's daughter? She named him. She named him Moses, which means she drew him out of the water. So Moses was born into danger. He was rescued into royalty, but he was also God-designed for leadership. It was God designed for leadership. Before I say another word, I need to say that I I believe that we are all, in one way or another, God designed for leadership. I spoke on this very subject at at Hope's Men's Breakfast a few weeks ago. Our our, our lives may not end up looking like Moses' life, but I believe that at its core, leadership is influence. And in our lifetime, we all have the opportunity to influence others whether it is in our home, or at school, or at work, or at church. And if you're here today or, or watching online and you feel that you, you can't really make a difference for God through your influence, you are, you are partially right, because you can't. You can't, in your own strength, you have limitations. But, but do you know who the most powerful twosome in the world is? God and anybody else is like, like Hank and Tommy Aaron. They hold the record as the best home run hitting brother combination in Major League Baseball history. These two brothers hit a total of 768 home runs. Hank has got 755 of them. <laughs> and Tommy stroked out 13. And so when you wanna make a difference, partner with a power hitter, partner with God. And when we choose to partner with God, here's the way it goes. God gave Moses and he gives us abilities. God gave Moses and he gives us abilities. Do you know what what your spiritual gift is? Allow me to let you in on a little secret. When you go off to seminary, like some of my friends do, every seminarian thinks that he or she can preach. But you know what? Not every pastor that stands up in the pulpit has the gift of preaching. And some of you are saying, yeah, I noticed that. (laughs) But we all have at least one spiritual gift. And and understand it, I'm I'm not talking about talent here. If you can drive a golf ball 325 yards, that's not a spiritual gift. That is a talent. And you are a gorilla, by the way, if you can do that. Uh, If you have a beautiful singing voice like mine, that's a talent. That's a talent. Now you may use your golf game or your singing voice to the glory of God, and that is awesome. But those are not really your spiritual gifts. Don't get hung up on your talent. Get hung up on your gifts. Discover your gifts. And I I think one of the best ways to get a handle on your spiritual gifts is to ask the people who know you and love you, direct them to the passages in the New Testament concerning spiritual gifts. They're easy to remember because it's 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. And ask them to prayerfully review those gifts. And if they can to lift out one or two that they, they see in your life. Because sometimes we don't see them so great. Now, I might mention there's also a spiritual gift inventory, a little test, if you will, on the HOPE website, if you'd like to take that. It's at hopechurchmemphis.com shape. Hopechurchmemphis.com slash shape, S-H-A-P-E. Back to Moses. Do you know what Moses' spiritual gift was not? Speaking. And you say, wait a minute. God has designated Moses to lead all the people of of Israel, probably a couple million people, and he doesn't really have the gift of communicating? Exodus 4.10 says this. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. But obviously Moses had other gifts and abilities, right? And, and God used a guy with a wonderful speaking, with wonderful speaking ability to come alongside Moses in his weakness. But, but not after God got a little ticked at Moses. This is an interesting passage, check this out. Exodus 4.11, the Lord said to him, who, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. You can do better than this. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, okay, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he, he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will, it will be as if he, he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. And, 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 and so this sharing of leadership, this sharing of leadership and leadership gifts became a leadership theme for Moses. This next passage and Exodus 18 is Moses Leadership 101. Check this out. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, do y'all, who remembers uh, Moses' father-in-law's name? Anybody got it? What is it? What is it? Jethro. Jethro. Now, I'm not gonna give you my five Jethro's. (laughs) Except for Jethro Bodine, who was really my favorite. And uh, when when his father-in-law saw that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? Why all these people stand around from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law Jethro replies, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But but then select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. Simple cases, They can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. See, God gave Moses and he gives us certain abilities. So how do you go about using your abilities? Well, God gave Moses, and he gives us opportunities. He gives us opportunities, and God presented Moses with the the opportunity of a lifetime in Exodus 3.10. So God says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God wants Moses to execute perhaps the greatest exodus in human history. Now, you'll come to find out that Moses hemmed and hawed, tried to talk God out of the opportunity. But when it was all said and done, God offered him an opportunity and he took it. Seizing opportunity. Seizing opportunity, in my mind, involves having a mindset of service. I, I I call it walking around ministry. It's having your ministry antenna up all the time. A ton of you are like that. A ton of you are like that. It's just who you are. And really, it's who we all need to be. In the New Testament, Paul challenges us in Colossians 4. He says, make the most of every opportunity. A few years ago, our family was invited to a lunch after church on Sunday at another pastor's home. I typically take a nap, but I decided I'd do that. We show up at this pastor's home. And when we get there, we see that that a huge limb has fallen in the street in front of his home, and he lives on Walnut Grove, and it's it's tangling up traffic on this super busy street. So we walked up to the door of the house to let them know that we were there, but but to tell them that we're going to get out in the street and help move this limb. So all five of the Morrises stepped out into the street, and by the time we got there, three other people had stopped as well to help move the limb. And it, took, it was huge. It took all eight of us to do it. And while we were dragging this monster limb to the curb, the host pastor drove up to find his guest about to get killed right out in front of his own house. But before we went back across the street to lunch, the people who, were, who had joined us out in the street to help came up and introduced themselves. I didn't know any of them, but they all had just gone to service at Hope. And, 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 and they hadn't seen their stupid pastor out in the street and come to rescue him. They were in the street while we were at the front door. They got to the street first. Hundreds of people driving up and down the street and eight folks from the same congregation hop out to haul this limb. Now, that did not change the course of human history. But it made a little bit of difference to people who were driving down that street that day. What, what, what were the spiritual gifts in the street that day? I don't know. Mercy, maybe. The gift of, of helps, of helping. Leadership, maybe. But the cool thing to me was that when the opportunity arose to make a difference, as small as it was, eight people saw the opportunity and clicked in. See, God provided Moses and he provides us with opportunities. And you may say, Eli, that is, that is all good, that's inspiring, but I ain't built like that. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not shaped that way and I do not have the courage. And see, that does not have to be a problem because God gave Moses and he gives us strength. He gives us strength. The interesting thing about serving God is that if we choose to engage he provides the wherewithal for it to happen he is a full service god i'm I'm old enough to remember full service gas stations these days if you drive up to a service station and somebody runs out to your car you roll up your windows right (laughs) but god is full service see god provides the tools and the spiritual gifts he gives us he provides the structure in his giving of opportunities, and then he even provides us the strength to do the job. Late in his life, when Moses' work was done, he passed the mantle of leadership to Joshua. And in his final instructions to Joshua, he said these powerful words from Deuteronomy 31.6. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And and when you're trying to make a difference and you grow weary and you will, the strength continues, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I mean, Paul's got the right idea when he says in Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So where do I start? Where do I start if I truly believe that through God's grace, I can make a difference in leadership like Moses did? Well, the first thing you gotta do is you've got to offer your life. Until you give your life to Christ, you can't expect to make a difference for Christ. And and you very well may say something like, listen, Eli, I gave my life to Christ when I was 15. And I'm, I'm 50 now and I'm making zero difference in my world. Well, I hear you, and I may, I may need to challenge you just a bit there. At 15, you may have guaranteed your eternity. You see what I'm saying? You may have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but you may have never released the reins of your life to him. He's got your soul, but you continue to possess your life. It's the difference between seeing Jesus as your Savior, and seeing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So first you offer your life, then you discover your gifts. Again, look at those passages, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, grab breakfast with a trusted Christian friend, maybe one that's a little little further down the road in his or her faith, and ask him or her to help you discover and affirm your spiritual gifts. And finally, simply, and with God's strength, Make a difference. You don't just talk about it; you do it. You don't just whine about what you can't do. You engage in the things you can do. You ever read the book or uh, seen the movie Sea Biscuit? I've talked about this, this this book several times in the last few weeks. You know what it is? I, I have come to believe it's really the story of the church. It is a story of a horse owner who was broken from a series of tragedies in his life. It's a story of a trainer who, who, who everyone had written off as eccentric. It's a story of a jockey who was too big and was blind in one eye. And it's a story of a horse that looked more like a pony and who ran like he was lame. Is that not who we are? Is that not us? Yet God makes a difference (laughs) through us. I'm gonna close with one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Here's the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases that passage in the message. He says, If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. Friends, I I don't know what it is that God wants you to do, but I do want you to know this. It's not as complex as you may be trying to make it. It's just not. Moses was a leader. You are a leader. You are a leader. It is really simply living day by day and surrender to a God who gives you abilities, who gives you hourly opportunities to serve him, and who gives you the strength to complete every task he asks of you. Amen, amen, let's pray together. Father, what a God you are, who would love us so that you would give us gifts, you would give us opportunities, and then as a full service, God, you would give us the strength and the wherewithal to accomplish your will in our world. Father, I pray that we might be people with our ministry antenna up, that we might look for ways to offer servant leadership to those around us in our family, in our our workplace, in our schools, and in our church, that we might understand the power of a God who dwells within us And that we might look at you not simply as our Savior, as beautiful as that is. But as the Lord we serve. Like Moses did. Even with his failures, even with his weaknesses. He sees the opportunity for your your sake. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Oppenheisen. Musical Worship Director at Hope. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship experience, visit the Hope Church Memphis YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Again, thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast.